Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League show. It's a show that's getting so much satisfaction from United's woes, we only wish we could distill it into a chocolate flavoured milkshake. On today's pod, we're going around the grounds, as always, taking in some highly significant fixtures. We'll also be talking Ballon d'Or and a top 10 list that unquestionably proves that City really are the best team in the land and all the world. There's a lot to get through, so let's waste no further time by introducing our guests. And this week, we've got the big guns, the big hitters, the big cheeses, whatever big cheeses are. Cheddar, Red Leicester would be our guess. Anyway, it's Asan and Howard. Asan, you there? You well? I'm really well, and this is my debut this season on your Premier League show, yes. sir. No, you've done one right at the start, I think. Um, but I think Howard's not done it before, and to have two of you on. Oh, um, just before I move across to Howard, big cheeses, Asan, what would you say is a big two? <laughs> um, what would be a big cheese? I mean, I'm a big fan of camembert, so Ooh, maybe some nice. camembert. We really dig down to the important issues on this pod, <laughs> just so you both know. We do. Uh, <laughs> Howard, um, firstly, are you well, sir? Uh, yeah, fine, thanks. It's Friday, so... If I remember yeah. rightly, you're a big fan of a cheese, is that correct? <laughs> yes, it's weird. You were just talking to Ace and I, and all I could think about was grading my top three cheeses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've, you've got to have one of the Cheddar Red Leicester kind of Cheshire's Cheddar, up there. Yeah, yeah they're the all good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blue Stilton, yes. Brie, Cheddar, Cheddar for its uh, jack of all trades yes. versatility. Yeah. yeah. Just for, just for butties, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to less, <laughs> less important matters. <laughs> and Borsan. <laughs> oh, God, God, I forgot about Borsan. Um, baby Bells, uh, Ballon d'Or um, this week. Um, we've already discussed it on the Not The Jordan Show, of course. Um, Messi pipping Erland to the award. What stuck out for me, though, uh, I'll start with you, Asan, on this. Um, the top ten featured five City players. Which is, it's incredible. I, I I hate to hark back to the York City days and all the rest of it, but this is something what just jolts you really. I mean, it's mm. incredible, isn't it? Five out of the top ten mm. of the world's best players right now are Blues. Mm. I think I think it is obviously an incredible achievement. I, I will say that I do think it's probably fifty percent the players and fifty percent Pep. I think that the, the team that Guardiola fashions gives players the platform if they buy in to show how good they are. And I think that if I remember correctly, back in his Barcelona days, it was kind of a similar Ballon d'Or thing where there'd just be a bunch of Barcelona players there. <laughs> and I think it is that kind of the acknowledgement of the fact that it's a a team it's a collective team thing and that team is so good that the all of these individuals then shine but yeah to to kind of I, I try not to do the like you know york away thing or i try not to hark back to the old days because whatever like it, it, it we're a completely different football club now but we're not completely different supporters and you're right that this is absolutely one of those moments where you sort of go, wow. Like, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, what, what have we become 
in the best <laughs> possible way. And the fact that like that sliding scale of our success um, it has coincided so perfectly with the slow rotting death of Manchester United <laughs> Football Club is just, I mean, you couldn't write it. I mean, maybe I'll write it one day, but you couldn't write it. Well, we're going to get to United shortly, and really, we should kind of be quick about it because that rotten, rotten flesh is just getting stinkier by the minute as well. So, <laughs> the quicker we, we deal with it, the better. But... Depends if you're downwind or upwind. <laughs> yes. Um, before we do, <laughs> I've got a cheeky question for you, Howard. So, I'm going to read out the order in which City players were ranked essentially by Ballon d'Or for the past calendar year. I want you to tell me: Would you go with the same order? So. Haaland top, De Bruyne, Rodri, Alvarez, Bernardo. Is is that correct or would you... <laughs> How do you answer would, that one? I know. Well, no, I we said, said not the Jordan show. Rodri was the best player in right. world football. Okay. It's done over seasons now, isn't it, in the season. Mm. Sorry, but it was. Yeah. Messi's the greatest player ever. I know we're talking City, so, you know, it's, it's, he gets it, he gets it. It's it's ridiculous isn't it, to say, well, surely the guy with 50-plus goals is number one. <laughs> but as we said on the show, I'm not sure what else Rodri could do. I'm not sure Rodri, the Rodri we see now has anywhere to go. <laughs> he's top tier, he's elite, he's generational in his performances. I'd happily have him top. And how do you how do you argue all the others? How do you argue the city players are out of the top ten? Ruben Diaz was like king for me for some periods and can be still, you know, for his leadership qualities. Yeah, I think I like what I like most is Julian Alvarez getting in the top ten because for every every argument you've got for Messi, apart from the fact he's Messi and he's just you know the greatest ever, Julian Alvarez has had the most obscene two years. He deserves record recognition and. He's still going under the radar a bit, I think, as a player. You know, even even we as City fans weren't sure how, not that he wasn't good enough, how he would fit into the side this yeah. season. And after the the eighteen months, two years he's had, he's got to be in that top ten. I I'd, I'd bump Rodri up, Kevin De Bruyne. You know, if Kevin De Bruyne was never injured, uh, we'd be having a different conversation Agreed. altogether. Uh, he'd be even greater. You could put Kevin De Bruyne wherever. I'm not really bothered. <laughs> I'm just glad he wears a City shirt. So that's all that matters to me. You could interchange them all and argue about it for days, to be honest. But my main point is glad to see Julian there. And I would happily argue to put Rodri above every other player in world football. Do you know what's crazy? There is, I would say, about a third of rival fans out there who probably still think of Alvarez as a backup striker to Haaland. You know, they're probably aware that he's getting more starting kind of spots this season, but he's not aware that he is now an integral first teamer for City. And they must be looking at that list thinking, Jesus Christ, the seventh best player in the world is a backup. <laughs> which, of course, he isn't, but that's how they'll be viewing it, which is I just, delicious. I just hope we don't get that Peter Swales there. <laughs> God complex that it thinks early doors. Oh, this is easy, this football lark. It's like, <laughs> look at what he's won in 80 months. He must be thinking, oh, this just must be how it works. <laughs> just like, you can't keep collecting trophies at this rate. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Let's do our Can I ask you both a question? Oh, yeah. Just very quickly, uh, I'm quite surprised that Ilkay Gondouin isn't in that list. Mm. No, he's 14th, isn't he? 
But yeah, he's not in the top ten. Mm, I, and, I, and I, I, I feel his, as though. Mm. Yeah, I just feel as though if I look at, I and maybe maybe it's my memory playing tricks on me, but I feel as though his impact, particularly in the second half of the season, was just re- just yeah, like really, really, really high. Like I think if you look at the trophies won, you could say. At a big hand in all of them. And particularly for me, like if you look at the FA Cup final and is it the goal against Everton, that just absolutely mm. mad goal that yes. he scores in, in yeah. a game that had to be won. It just, yeah, no, I'm, no. I'm surprised yeah. that, yeah, I'm surprised that he didn't make it into the top 10. I think well, he, I think he deserved to be in the top 10. Hey, son, I wonder if you're a French journalist, a Spanish journalist, I'm not saying they're ignorant of what's going on, but maybe, unless you're following the Premier League, they're not aware of just how critical he was to our running last season. I don't. Maybe it passed yeah, some people by. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Yeah. Because we, yeah, watched every minute really and, shout. we watched every minute and saw him like just drag us through that. Not drag us, we weren't playing badly, but we saw that like, fine wine that he was last season made it all the more devastating he left. Maybe it passed some people by, I don't know. What um, strikes me looking at the list is in the top 30, there's not a single United player, or at least you know, back then there is one now, which is Onana, um, who himself is having a stinker, which brings us to Craven Cottage this weekend. Before we get to the match itself, it is beholden on us, given what happened in the last few days, to talk United, really, and to look at the big picture um, and what a picture it is. United are unquestionably in crisis. Possibly the worst crisis they've endured, I would say, post-Ferguson. Although they've had a few, let's be honest. Um, Asan, just how bad is it right now at Old Trafford, do you think? I mean, it, it feels like very similar. It just feels like Groundhog Day in that hmm. I think if you look at the, the last days of Mourinho... The last days of Solskjaer, the last days of Van Aal, the stories are the same, and the sort of um, the kind of shifting narratives of uh, is it the players, is it the manager, is it the Glazers? Has enough money been invested? It just it just feels like one big circular um, comedy show, really. Uh, so fast. yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, like fast for 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 me personally, I, I think I stand by the idea that United's biggest problem is what they think they are. Like, yeah, the, the whole like this is Man United thing has been uh, an albatross around their neck since Ferguson left, and I think you know the fact that that fella still sits in the stands, I think, is also mm. and will remain part of the issue i don't think that um it's just very it, it, it's the the so the the people who i feel sorry for are the players and i'll let me ex, let me qualify that in the decade since ferguson left it has become genuinely a graveyard for footballers if you run through the list of players bought since ferguson left unquestionably nine out of ten nine out of every ten has been a complete disaster but the wider thing is that 
going into the club, they're all players who come with a reputation and a pedigree that you expect them to elevate most teams that they join. And it speaks to the culture that they've got at United that they can sign good players and turn them into garbage within weeks. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on, on that note, Howard, you look back at their summer transfer activity. How did you view it at the time? Has there been any revision from you or did you think at the time, nah, that, that's that's a bit of a, a bad choice there and why, no. why are they going for him? And, and were, you, were you kind of sceptical at the time? No, he sounds right. A lot of... I mean, I know it's a woody joke that they win every transfer window, but they've had three or four windows where I think, you know what, they've done good business there. Mm. And then they destroy them. I mean, Mount, position-wise, probably wasn't what they needed. They needed someone more defensive, but apparently Ten Hag was all in on him and now doesn't play him. And (laughs) it just these are players that... I have no sympathy for anyone who signs for them now because they deserve all they get. If the red flag isn't there that United might destroy your career, the sympathy's gone, even though Aysen's absolutely right. Uh, you can see why players would want to... You know, if an Ajax player is courted by Manchester United, they'll, they're going to say, yeah, uh, yeah, the pull of United is still there. And these are players that if they hadn't left or if they went somewhere else, would be absolute, so, some of them would be knocking out of the park right now. And United tarnished them so much that they, you know, they can't just leave and then become great players again. This will actually hold them back for years to come because United really do ruin footballers. And it's there's so many factors, it's hard to say why. <laughs> You've got a manager in now who's bought in his own players. So in a way, especially as the financials aren't as good, he's unsackable. And they keep digging different types of holes. It's amazing. Uh, Anana was look. Anana wasn't didn't have that reputation a couple of years ago, but has had. I think he was a free signing once when he was picked up by Inter. I'm not sure, but he obviously he had a great season, uh, and he could play with his feet, so it made sense. But the way they messed about with De Gea, not even knowing whether to let him go yeah. off, just a mess. And they've ruined Anana so far. Anyway, they don't play Mount. They injure players, which is not just bad luck. It's training, it's everything. So, you know what? If it wasn't United, I would have some sympathy for a lot of the players. But it is United, so I don't. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.